share a story with you? I heard a story. There was this man, and the Lord said to him, he's about in the middle 80s, and he said, you know, you've been such a faithful servant. I'd like to do something for you. I want to do something special for you. You've just been so faithful. And the man said, well, you know, Lord, I, I would really like to go to love to go to Hawaii, but I'm afraid to fly. If you could find your way to get a highway that would just go from California to Hawaii, I could take my wife on a vacation of a lifetime. It would be amazing. And God said, well, that's an idea. Is there anything else maybe a little more practical, you know, a little more reasonable maybe that, uh, that you could think of? He said, well, you know, my wife and I have been married for 60 years, a little over 60 years. She is a woman. And I've been trying to figure her out for a long time. And I'm just wondering, Lord, maybe if you can't do, do, do that, that highway for me, maybe you could help me understand my wife. Maybe you could help me understand women. And God said, would you like that highway to be two lanes or four? But with that being said... You know, nothing's too complicated for God. Nothing's too complicated for God. Nothing's too complicated for God. In Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. In Ephesians 3.20, Now according to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask and think according to the the power that works in us. Guys, we can't think it up. We can't imagine it. We can't imagine heaven. We couldn't have thought of a blip of what's on this earth, a blip of creation, a blip of plant life, of animals, of anything. We can't imagine. But yet sometimes we try to solve things when God already has the answer. We put energy in something that God didn't ask us to do. God asked us to believe in him. See, we don't have to have the plan. We just need to know who does. Amen? This Bible right here, and I've said this to the ladies before, this Bible right here contains 6,000 years of history, of all humanity, of all creation. My Bible contains two Bibles. I have a parallel Bible. has amplified on one side and King James on the other. This is 6,000 years of history. If I showed you the journals that I've written over the last 10 years in classes that I've taken and sitting in church, it would probably stack up to right here, and I'm one person in 10 years. I'm one person. My point is, any word, any thought, any story, anything that's in here, is 100% on purpose and for a reason. For a reason. You can't bypass it. You can't skip over it. 
You can't think maybe it's not, not important. All of it is important. It's all there for a reason. Maybe not all at the same time in our lives. Different things come forward at different times when we need it. But it's all there for a reason. In 1 Peter 5.8, I'll turn to it here. In 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You know, God's already given us victory, but that doesn't mean we don't have an adversary. It seeks to devour what? Our hope, our anointing, marriages, children, our joy, peace, our finances, right? Our families. Anybody experience any of those things? Our faith? What about our service? You know, really, when we're idle in our service, we're serving the enemy's purpose. When God's given you a gift and a calling and you're idle and you're serving, and you're idle, and you're not serving in your calling, you're serving the enemy's purpose. God wants to use you. So I don't know about you, but I've had the enemy come against me in those areas in my life at different times. But I know I have a God that's bigger than any of those situations. And so do you. Amen? See, the enemy has no authority over us as believers. He doesn't have authority. And he he can't do anything. Anything that comes by us has to go by the throne, right? He has no authority that God has not given him. And I want you to know that every single attempt that he makes at our destruction is an opportunity for God to do wondrous and amazing things. And when you go through the Bible, it is full of just that testimony, is it not? God doing wondrous and amazing things that he would be glorified and that we know he's God. And if you don't believe it, just read this book. Just read this book. So I want to focus tonight on answers. God's answers. Let's pray. God, I want to pray right now about your word that you've given me tonight. I want to pray about everyone that's in here. I want to come against unbelief. I come against distraction. Lord, nothing is too difficult for you. Nothing's too complicated. You'll love us, Lord. You know us. You know our hearts. You know our desires. Lord, you know our problems and our purpose. You know our callings and our gifts. Lord, I just pray that our hearts would be open to your word tonight, that we would learn something, that we would be touched, grow closer to you, and surrender those things we need to surrender, believe where we need to believe, and let go what we need to let go. And I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You with me still? All right. Okay. So can I take you back in time for a minute? Okay, here's the scene. You guys familiar with the story of Moses? Okay, this is after the last play. The Egyptians have had enough. They're like, y'all need to get out. Just get out, take everything and go. Y'all need to leave. So they're taking the gold and silver and the animals, and they're all, they're all heading out. And God said, you know, I could take them through Philistine, but I can't do that because they're not ready for war. They're not ready to deal with that. I can't take them through that land. God said, I'm going to take them another way. 
so that I can be glorified. God said, God said, I'm going to take them another way. And so there was a cloud that led them by day. And then God gave them a fire, a big pillar of fire that gave them light by night. And as he led them, he led them right up towards the Red Sea. And then after they were gone, the Egyptians were like, what were we thinking? Who's going to build this stuff? Who's going who's to do all this work? Why did we let them leave? We need to go get these people. And if you ever want to go back and read that whole story, Egypt's like the world. Egypt's the world. So whenever you read it, and they go, I want to go back to Egypt. That's like, I want to go back to the world. But anyway, the Egyptians were like, we got to go get these people. So they took over, you know, 600 of their best chariots, anything else that would roll, anything else that they could sit on, you know, all the horses, everything, they're going after them. And, and the Hebrews realized they were coming, and they were at the Red Sea in front of them, the, the Egyptians behind them, cut scene. Now, what happens next? Hmm. Let's see, does this happen next? Okay, let's enter back scene. Elder one, they're all in the sea. Elders, elders, come around. Shh, shh, shh. Do we see what's happening? Come on, come on, everybody, gather around. Okay, elder one. Okay, this is what I think, guys. I think we can take them. God's on our side. There's more of us than them. Let's put the women and children in the rear, and, and, and let's take them on. Elder two says, I don't know. I think we should go back to Egypt. I think we should surrender. Let's pray and ask God right now if he will uh, just let the Egyptians take us back and not hurt us. Enter scene, elder number three. Elder number three goes, listen, guys, I have an idea. Now, we'll have to pray about it, but here's what I'm thinking. Moses, you go on a high spot over there. You kind of, like, raise your hands. And then what's going to happen is, then, like, see the Red Sea over there, and it's going to, like, split open. You know, there'll be, like, walls of water. Then, like, the Red Sea will get, like, dry in the bottom. And then we'll all kind of run through. Then God will make, like, a cloud, and it, it, he'll, but he'll move it and go on the other side. Cutscene. Is that how that happened? That's not how that happened. You know what that was? That's people planning. What happened was... The Hebrews said, why did you bring us out here to die? Aren't there enough graves in Egypt? And Moses said, behold, God will deliver you this day. They didn't have a meeting like, what are we going to do? How are we going to figure this out? See, God didn't need them to have a plan. What did God need them to do? God needed them to trust him that he had a plan. But sometimes when we're in the middle of a circumstance, and I'm not judging, I'm talking about myself, any other planners in the room, show yourselves. Okay. I got my hand. I got two hands up. All right. I'm the first one that goes, okay, here's what we need to do. I got a plan. And I began to realize over the years, in the midst of so many situations, God doesn't need my plan. He needs my faith and my heart. not the only one. It wasn't just them. There's other stories. You may know Esther, Mordecai, 
a queen named Esther. She had an uncle named Mordecai. There was a man named Haman. Haman didn't like Mordecai. He was jealous of him. just didn't want him around anymore. He tricked the king to sign a decree that would kill Haman and all, all the Jews. Now, Mordecai goes to his niece Esther and says, i got to let you know what's going on. Now, when he tells Esther, your husband just signed a decree that we're all going to be killed, what happened next? And Mordecai and Esther sit there and go, hmm. okay. okay. Gather all the Jews and we'll storm the palace. No, 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 no. Um, gather all the Jews and we'll flee the kingdom. Free the kingdom. Um, no, no, no. Let's get the elders together and we'll pray. And um, no, don't do that. Um, no, Esther said in Esther four sixteen. Gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my attendants will fast. That's it. And after that, at the end of the fast, she decided to go ahead and approach the king. There isn't this long dissertation. Oh, God, please, when I go before the king, place out your favor before me, that he will, then when he extendeth his scepter, that when I touch it, he will not, and then I will have a banquet, and then then Haman will cometh to the banquet, and then he will let me have a second one. He said, God. Let him have favor, Lord. Let your will be done here. We're going to pray and fast. God, let your will be done. Because sometimes we can't figure out the plan. We can't figure out all the moving parts, but we know we have a God that has a plan, and he's faithful. Does that mean we can't ever pray specifically? No. That doesn't mean we can't pray specifically. But what I'm saying is sometimes we're so focused on trying to map out all the moving parts along the way. We don't need to do that. What did did Jesus tell the disciples when he said, he said, Jesus, how do we pray? What do we do? You know, it's them them red words, right? Anybody got those red words in your Bible? He said, Jesus, how do we pray? Matthew 6, 9 through 10, he goes, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be 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 your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Pastor talked on Sunday, and I was just sitting there like, Oh my gosh, that's really interesting what he's talking about. And he talked about John 15, 7, and he said, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Pastor was talking about that. The reality is, is if he's the vine and we're the branch, what's in him is in us. And what he desires is our desire. Amen? Then our prayers line up with his will. There's another story, you know, Daniel, the lion's den. You know, Daniel was no spring chicken. Do you guys know that? Daniel was like 80. 
And you know, when Daniel was sent to the lion's den, you know, he didn't, there's, not, there's no mention of him really saying anything. Do you know who the only person was that really said, spoke any faith? That said anything? Daniel just said, I'm praying no matter what. I'm praying no matter what. But when they said, you're going into the lion's den, Daniel didn't really say much of anything. You know who did? The king. The king. He says... Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, may he deliver thee. The heathen king said, may he deliver thee. But Daniel just had faith. He said, you know what, God? You told me to pray. I'm praying. Whether they have a rule or a law, I'm praying, I'm believing, I'm doing my walk, I'm I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, no matter what the world says, no matter what this king says, no matter what the decree says. I'm living life the way I'm supposed to live it. There's nowhere in here where he says, make the lions go to sleep. Make me float up high. He just had faith and believed that God would deliver him. That's some big faith, isn't it? Isn't that some crazy faith? But guys, those are just people. Do you know, these are just people. Just like us. They're, they're just people. God put that same spirit is in us. It's the same spirit in us. It's no different. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Man. Hmm. You're familiar with that story? They said they were getting thrown into the fiery furnace. And they said, you know what? Our God will deliver us. And if he doesn't, then it's his will. Fine. I don't know about you guys. I've never been chased down by a bunch of Egyptian chariots. Anybody? No. Anybody been thrown into a den of hungry lions? Cast into a fiery furnace? Had to save an entire race of people in front of your life? Anybody have to do that? Me neither. I need to do that. But I have had things in my life. Lots of things. And right now I have a daughter that I'm praying for. I have an enemy that, an enemy that wants to take her out of the equation. And I'm going to tell you what. My daughter... She comes around to Jesus, she's going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I'm not just saying that because she's my daughter. I'm really not. She's fierce. Brittany Knapp is fierce. And when she gets fierce for Jesus, look out. And that's a true statement. I woke up a couple days ago, my husband and my son and I, a rash of text messages between 3 o'clock and 3.40 in the morning. And when you wake up to that scary stuff, it's not, it's not good stuff. It's very scary. And then you can't get a hold of anybody. Nobody knows where she is, what's going on. I didn't have any special words. Do you know what I prayed for my daughter? My husband and I stood together, and I said, Lord, you know better than we do of anything that needs to be going on for her. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that your will 
be done in her life. Whatever that means, wherever it is, right now, your will be done. I used to pray all this, like, God, bring this in and do this and make that and, you know, whatever. But I realized, God, you know what she needs and when she needs it. At the second that she needs it, you bring that into her life, Lord. Your will, your time, your way. And i got to tell you, for me, the planner person, there's deliverance in that for me. I'm the person, you start talking about you want to hold an event. My brain's like starting to calculate how many people, how much time, how many things, how many cups, how many things, how are you going to mark it out, you know, my brain, if you ever see me like, you know, like I'm kind of like turn, like I'm not looking at you, I'm sort of like looking up, because like there's steam inside here and I'm thinking, it's my brain, it's just how I function. But when all of a sudden I can say, God, you have the answers. You have the answers. It's okay to pray for, for specific things. It's okay to pray for small things. You know, can I help me find my keys? Want a good parking spot? Nothing wrong with that. But guys, God's capable of big things. You know, we can pray for our city to be saved, for our country to be saved. We can pray for massive healings. Remember Jason said to me, he said, you know, Mom, we don't need to pray big prayers. We need to pray huge prayers. Why don't we pray huge prayers? I said, I don't know. Why don't we? There's, there's nothing that limits God. Nothing limits God. If we believe he's who he said he is, he's our provider, our healer. Our mighty God, the everlasting Father, our Counselor. I have to go on and on. There's so many names of God. Provider alone kind of covers it, right? Whatever your circumstance, whatever it is you need, He's got what you need. There isn't anything you need that He doesn't have. There's anything I need that He doesn't have. In Matthew 17, 20, 17, 20, and 21. For truly, I tell you, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And nothing, nothing will be impossible for you. In 1 Corinthians 2.9, but as scripture says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined the things that God has prepared say it again. No eye has seen, ear has heard, no mind, no mind, not a single mind, no mind, no one's mind has imagined the things that God has prepared for those who love him. That's the kind of God we serve. That's the kind of God we serve. So if there's something in your life that you're believing for, turn it over to the one that has the answers. Turn it over to the one that has the answers. Faith is not denying the problem. Faith is not agreeing with the problem. Faith is agreeing with what God said about the problem. 
to say start praying big prayers. Leave big. No, don't limit God to what you can think. Don't limit God to what you, your solutions, our solutions. Don't limit God to what you can see. Don't limit God to what you can come up with. Guys, we're all dealing with things. We all have things because we live in a world full of people. The Bible says that the flesh is weak. The heart of man as we come into this world is desperately wicked. We're surrounded by people who need healing, who need Jesus, who need deliverance, who need bondages broken, marriages that need healed, families that need to be put back together. We're surrounded all of us. If you, if you look at anybody and think they've arrived, none of us have. Nobody has. Not, nobody's got enough Jesus, I'll tell you right now. Anybody think they got enough Jesus? Okay, none of us got enough Jesus. But I'm just going to say surrender it all to him. Worship him knowing that he's not a man, that he should lie. And his, he said, he said that he watches over his word to perform it. He watches over his word. Don't give the enemy another inch in anything. Don't give him another minute of your day. The answer may not be right this second, but God's answers are always right on time. And he has shown that so many times in my life. I'm going, God, why not now? Why not now? Why not now? But when he shows up and does it, and you see the manifestation of what he does, it's a beautiful thing. And there's stories, guys, it's all in here. All in here. You can look at Joseph. Joseph must have said, God, why now? Why not now? Why not now? Why am I still here? Why did my brother sell me? Why am I in this horrible prison? I can't imagine prison, you know, 4,000 years ago, 5,000... Why am I in prison for 15 years? Why aren't you showing up? Why are you leaving me here? My gosh, if you follow the trail of Joseph and the people of Israel, God had a plan. He knew what he was doing. Just got to trust him. So I just pray that in this place today, it just starts here. We stand together and we come against unbelief. And we trust God for big answers. And it doesn't require big planning from us. It just requires that it starts with faith, size, mustard seed. We don't need a plan. We just need to trust a God that has one. That's all I've got to say about that tonight. That's it. I don't need to add anything else. So I just want to pray over you guys before we go. Can I do that? Lord, I just want to pray over this place today in the hearts of everyone here, including myself, that we proclaim your will, your perfect will, and your purpose over all of our lives, over the lives of our children, over our marriages. Lord, over our finances, over our health and our families. 
Lord, we pray your perfect will over our finances and over the anointing of everyone in here, over our gifts, over our church, Lord, over our decisions. Lord, we pray that your perfect will would be on our minds and in our hearts and that we would abide in you, Lord, that your, your will and your desire would be what, what is just coming forth from the wellspring of our hearts, Lord. We thank you that you're faithful, Lord. I pray, Lord, that, that, that we, we would just well, be encouraged. Be encouraged, Lord, for whatever we have that we're struggling with, Lord, to give it to you. That knowing that you have a plan and a way. We don't have to understand it. It doesn't have to make sense to us, Lord. We trust you. We trust you and we thank you in Jesus' name.